Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You have to stop demanding or thinking in your head that people need to act a certain way. We don't have control over other people, yet reacting as if you do is what really leads to that anger. And then when you hold on to that anger, it breeds resentment and bitterness and just a whole lot of negative emotions. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here and we're doing life together. And as always, we're just really glad that you've joined us. That's right, Dr. Linda. It's great to be with you again this weekend. Um, how has life been? Well, it's been interesting, mm-hmm. always interesting. But listen, I, I something happened this week, and it relates to the topic of the show today. So I wanted to start right with this incident that happened at work. Because I was in a meeting, and there was someone in the meeting that was questioning the person who was running the meeting. The person in charge all of a sudden got really red. Mm. He started yelling at everybody. It was so over the top. And then he started berating all of us in the meeting. And all I could think of was, wow, what would it be like to live with that person? (laughs) He sounds like a pleasant fellow. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it was just, he was so, so angry at everybody. Mm. I actually stopped the meeting at one point and said, why are you so angry with us right now? (laughs) But he didn't moderate at all. So have you ever seen that or have you ever had an experience like that? Well, when we were putting together this program, I was thinking of, um, we were at the lake one time and you see people put their boats on the trailer so they can drive their boat home. The guy could not get his boat lined up on the trailer and he was he was using (laughs) using words i'd never heard before and just uncorked completely out of control just so angry one of the big things that happened in the news that really caught my eye i don't know if you saw this story out of utah where there was a father and a son and then there was a three-year-old i don't know if it was a girl or boy because the story didn't nbc didn't report that part of it but they were in the drive-through at the mcdonald's and They got his order wrong and he got really mad. And you know how when you you get your order wrong and they tell you to go up and wait in a certain part of the line a little bit farther up, he got really, really angry. And as he was getting angry, the employee saw that he was flashing a firearm. Hmm. So the employee called the police. The police came, tried to get him out of the car and uh, he wasn't coming out of the car. They finally grabbed him and got him out of the car. And as they were ready to take him into custody, one of the police officers saw a gun coming out of the back seat, and he had instructed his four-year-old son to shoot at the police officer, yeah. and he shot at the police officer. Fortunately, he didn't kill him. I just can't imagine what that child would grow up thinking after he had done that. But boy, you have to know that that father was so, so angry. And so I think we're seeing this type of rage and this type of anger all around, and certainly because we like to talk about relationships here. If you live with an angry person, obviously that is not a good time. And uh, I blogged on this a while back, Chris, and people very much responded to that blog. Well, that's because we see anger everywhere. It's on the road. It's in our families, uh, people you encounter in stores, on the job, just like you said. So we decided today to do a show on living with an angry person because you know what? 
You're right. It's not a pleasant experience for anyone. It's not. And you feel like you're walking on eggshells and you, you always wonder what will set this person off. And even if you know that, because sometimes when you're living with somebody who's angry, you know what the triggers are for that. It still ruins that relationship. And here's a real concern that when you live with an angry person, it is actually contagious. Okay, wait. So anger is, is contagious. How does that work? Well, it can make you into somebody, first of all, who you're not. And then what happens is you become equally reactive to that person. Then you start to get resentful and then you get angry yourself. And I see this all the time in couples work where one person is really, really angry, won't deal with it, always blaming the other person. And then the partner becomes angry and resentful because of this. And the partner will tell me, you know, I'm becoming someone I don't really want to be, Dr. Linda, and I'm becoming angry, I'm becoming resentful myself. So this is why it's important to address this problem. Two people can actually suffer when one person is angry. And of course, the kids, like we heard with that story we just talked about, Mm. pick up on that anger and they learn to deal with their issues this way too. I'll just go ahead and guess that uh, one of the challenges of living with an angry person is getting them to change. So why is that so hard? What gets in the way? We've talked about change a lot, haven't we? (laughs) We've tried to change another person. We know that doesn't go well, right? (laughs) Even if it's not an angry person, just trying to get change for someone else when they don't want to change is really tough. But angry people, they often have this victim mentality. Mm. And that's what keeps the anger going. And it continues to fuel that anger. So to them, the world is very unfair. They're not being treated right. And as a result of that, they easily become offended and basically become driven by what they think others should or should not do. And that breeds a lot of entitlement. And you know, when someone's in the, uh, the, woe is me, why me, why is the world against me mode, they're not in the place to change anything. When you try to point that out, You know, sometimes you say, look, this is what's happening, and maybe there's a reason they acted out, you know, the way they did. They just don't want to hear it when they're in that mode. So it's all about others being insensitive to them. Victims need to blame others. So if you play the victim, there will be lots of blame. Which is another obstacle to change. The angry person's focus is not on their own reactions. It's always on the actions of the other person. The person I mentioned in the meeting who would not look at his actions, I mean, his actions, Chris, were completely unreasonable. There was no reason for what the way he was behaving. It was so over the top, and yet he continued to blame us for not getting things done. He was refusing to see his part of the problem, which is why it feels so oppressive when you're with people like that. They're always ready to blame someone else, and they're not responsible for their own emotions. So did he then verbally attack everyone in the group? Yeah. And it became, here's what it is like. It's like anger acts like a drug that sort of stimulates the adrenaline and it makes a person feel very powerful and not a victim. So he didn't listen to us or try to be reasonable or listen to any of our attempts to change his perspective. And the result of that obviously is that it's very difficult. But think about that idea. If you're really upset about something underneath and you use your anger to fight back with somebody and you get an adrenaline rush from that, it gives you that sense of power rather than feeling like you're vulnerable or helpless. And I think that's part of it. When that person gets into that mode, it's really, really hard to calm them down. And that is really controlling. What do you do in that case? Well, I tried to point it out as I stopped the meeting and just said, you know, right now you're really, really angry. I even said to him, your face is so red. It's a little bit frightening (laughs) right now. But he didn't hear it. 
and he didn't listen and he didn't calm himself down. And I think when I was thinking more about that, he represents really a lot of angry people who are, are just in the habit of lashing out and venting their anger when they're uncomfortable or when they make a mistake rather than doing any type of introspection. So it's a habit that makes people like him who are constantly angry feel powerful when actually I think underneath they're feeling very vulnerable. Of course, the problem is that we hurt the people that we care about and the people we work with and the people we love uh, when we let ourselves get into this type of anger. Yeah, exactly. As we kind of wrap up this whole idea of being powerful with that before we go to our break, you know, there's a lot that can be done as you're dealing with somebody who's like that. There are things that you can do to not escalate it, and there are things that you can do to respond to it. So we'll try to get into that in a little bit to give some help with what to do when you're in that situation. So if you live with an angry person, how do you handle it and what do you need to do? We'll be back on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But, a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, But, available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And the book that will help you with today's topic is Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness, a pocket-sized book that gives practical help to stop anger. And it is uh, one of your big sellers, Dr. Linda. I know. Should I be glad about that? It means that there are a lot of angry people out right. there and people are looking for some help with that anger. And that's why Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is a, a good book to have. Dr. Linda, let's get to the bottom line here and discuss controlling anger. Well, the bottom line to that is that you have to stop demanding or thinking in your head that people need to act a certain way. I mean, we don't have control over other people. 
what they say, what they do, yet reacting as if you do is what really leads to that anger. And then when you hold on to that anger, it breeds resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness and just a whole lot of negative emotions. So it's a mindset, uh, giving up this demand to be treated a certain way. Yes, because if you hang on to the belief that people should act the way you think they should or the way you think is best, which is really what that's all about, you are going to be constantly angry because people are going to constantly let you down. You just don't have that kind of power over people and you can't make people behave the way you want them to. So it's a bit like living in a false reality and then continuing to feed your anger. There's a word on this a program we talk about a lot. We talk about boundaries, but there's another word I think that's key, and that's expectations. It seems like a lot of times if you adjust your expectations in a situation, it'll help level things out. That's really a big part of it, but it's really hard for people who are angry to do that because, again, remember, they're in that victim mentality, mm. and they're constantly thinking, I'm being hurt. They're not doing what I want. They're not doing what I'm saying, and they're acting in the wrong way. So right. it feeds that on a constant basis. Well, let's get practical here. In your blog, you have six things to do if you live with an angry person. So let's go through those. Uh, what's the first? First one's not easy, but when the person is calm, and that's really key, when the person is calm, so not during the middle of an anger fit, but when they're calm, ask them to think about how their anger affects your relationship. So obviously you can't do that when somebody is yelling at you. I, I couldn't do that with that coworker. I couldn't say to him, hey, right now when you're screaming at me, how do you think this is affecting me? Because he just wouldn't have listened to that. But I did go later and I said to him, you know, when you do that type of thing in a meeting, how do you think the people in the room are relating to you at that point? And, you know, I know down deep he knows that when he's angry like that, it damages feelings of trust and feelings of safety. It creates fear in the room. It makes people feel distant and anxiety results, and it really leads towards negativity towards that angry person. So in other words, being angry damages intimacy and it erodes relationships. So a conversation about those outcomes could really be helpful. You know, does the person want to distance? Does he want fearful relationships, broken intimacy, negativity in their relationship with you? You know, most people do not want to create those negative relationship qualities, but they find themselves doing it. It's, it does sound like a difficult conversation that might have to happen on more than one occasion, maybe after an anger episode when the results of the anger are fresh and the person has calmed down. Like you said, right in the middle of the, uh, the rant, you wouldn't want to say, hey, do you know how your anger makes me feel? Because they don't care. But I, I like the idea of it when it's fresher so mm, that they right. can see what has happened right then. You don't have to talk so much about the anger because that part is really evident. But you do want to talk about the impact that the anger is having on that relationship. And don't talk about how you feel because they're going to get real defensive if you do that. Really just say that I felt scared. One word, I felt afraid. I felt a lack of trust, and then just leave it very sort of basic without going into a whole lot about you because you don't want to raise the defensiveness of the other person. Well, if the person hears how others feel around them, does it help them see how angry they are? Well, that's the hope, right? If you're constantly pushing people away uh, and no one wants to be around you, eventually you are going to feel lonely and you're not going to get your needs met. So hopefully talking about the outcome of anger ends with some recognition by the angry person that he or she might have a problem and may need to address it. You know, Chris, we talk about it all the time on our show. Awareness 
is always the first step in change. So if the person is not aware, have the courage to talk about how the anger is affecting your relationship if it's safe. And I, I really need to say that sometimes it's not safe to really bring this up, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if it it's safe and you can do that, this is a good thing to do. How did the person react when you approached him about his anger? Well, I had a relationship with him. So I was able, because of a, a relationship, and he actually does like me, one of the few people mm-hmm. at work he actually gets along with. So I was able to talk to him afterwards and just say, you know, that's not helping your cause. Because down deep, people don't want to be distanced. You know, they don't want to break their relationships. Right. It's really a lack of emotional regulation that's getting them into a lot of trouble. Well, you were careful. You took the time to assess the situation. You knew the guy, so you, you knew it was good to uh, say what you said to him. I guess my point is, you do have to be careful with these types of relationships. It's crucial, but you still have to be careful. You have to be very calm when you bring it up, and you need to do it in a very gentle way. Be kind of soft-spoken. Don't match their level of emotion. And then when you do that, it works a lot better. So find a calm time to discuss how the person's anger affects those he or she loves or cares about. And make sure, like you said, Dr. Linda, that you are calm and don't react to anger with anger. It's tempting, and I'm going to say it again, just don't do it in the middle of an outburst. I know that's tempting to do because it feels so awful at the moment. But again, you have to wait until the topic has been brought up and then discuss the impact of doing nothing. So that's a really another good way to say it. What if we don't change this? We keep having these angry exchanges. How are we going to feel about each other? And you can say, it will certainly not help me on, on my end of the relationship. Again, most people don't want to scare their partners away or their workers away. So the motivation to change often comes, Chris, when they lose people that are important in their life. That's actually when people come into therapy because somebody has left them or somebody won't speak to them anymore. Their anger has pushed a whole lot of people away, and that can be the motivator. But if you can bring up the impact of the anger on the relationship, if you get to that point, what if they get angry because you brought it up. I know, I know that is a bit of a dilemma, but I would just stop the conversation and say, hey, I really want to talk about this because it's affecting our relationship, but I don't feel safe right now, so we need to stop. And we can talk about it again when things are calmer. You uh, brought this up earlier. It's important to stay safe and not put yourself in harm's way when, when dealing with someone who's angry. That's why we teach de-escalating skills like staying calm. I mean, that's why the police are taught to do that. I was taught to do that in a psychiatric hospital. There's a way to de-escalate people because when you're so worked up, the thinking part of your brain is not engaged. And all you're doing is reacting to the situation. So getting people de-escalated is very, very important. It sounds like it's a, it's really about managing your own emotions, uh, maybe with some deep breathing. We've talked about that on other shows. Mm-hmm. Or taking yeah. the time just to let things calm down. And keep this in mind. You know, so often the person's anger has nothing to do with you, but it sure doesn't feel that way when you're the target of their frustrations. But if you can tell yourself that you're not the cause of this person's anger, studies show that that really does help to keep you calm in the middle of that. So this is what I did say when my boss was so angry. I knew there was nothing that I or my team did to cause or warrant such anger that actually helped me to stay calm at the moment with him. He was really angry at at himself. At least that was my read, that he was very frustrated and just acting it out on all of us. Now, that doesn't mean he had the right to lash out at us, 
but it did help me as I thought about those things to stay calm. Mm, so you do have to uh, really think about and calculate when the best time is to uh, approach someone like this. And uh, on that note, we need to take a short break. Back in a moment with more on how to live with an angry person. Being a generous person can have big benefits for you. Giving your time or your money or even your talent to someone else can obviously help the receiver. But did you know that being generous can roll some positive benefits back on you? This is Dr. Linda Mental, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here to share some of the benefits of generosity. Lower blood pressure, reduce stress, a better mood, and even longer life have been identified as benefits of being generous. That's right, physical and mental improvements for you just because you choose to extend something to someone else. What can you give? Your time, your talent, your support, oh, and yes, your money. You see, hoarding money like Scrooge may seem good for your wallet, but it's not so great for your health. One recent study actually showed that stingy behavior increases stress. So take a minute and just ask, what do I have that I can share? Then be generous and see how good you feel when you share something you have with someone else. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and her book that relates to today's topic is Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. And remember, our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. So, Dr. Linda, let's say the person admits that he or she is angry. Do they have to get at the why they are so angry? Well, if you want to change, that is a good thing to always get to, right? We want to get to the root cause mm. of what's happening in a person's life. And they do need to try to get there if they're really thinking, I need to make a change in this area. They need to realize that one of that root causes is those expectations that we talked about right at the beginning, that they can't control others, they can't demand that people behave in a certain way to suit them, and that anger just doesn't fix anything. So should you ask the angry person why he or she is so easily angered? If you're in one of those conversations where it's not defensive, then that would be a really good question. You know, or is the anger some type of impulsive reaction, a way to avoid vulnerability? Again, I really don't think people think about that, Chris, that underneath that angry bravado is really somebody who's quite vulnerable hmm. and worried about getting hurt. Or does the anger come from a belief of victimhood that we've talked about, or maybe really unfair treatment? A number of patients that I saw through the years with anger problems had a lot of what we call, remember we did a show on adverse childhood experiences, mm, right? and we talked about bad things that happen to kids when they're younger, and that sometimes creates that anger that they grow up with and bring into their adult relationships. You know, does the person have bitterness and unforgiveness? that has built up over the years. I think I mentioned a story one time of a, a couple I saw and I asked the wife, they were about ready to divorce and I said, would you write down a couple of things that your spouse has done that has made it really hard for you to be in this marriage? And she came back with 25 pages, single spaced. Not, not 25 things, 25 pages. 25 pages, <laughs> it was. So they had never talked about the things that mm. had built up that she was so bitter about, and there was so much unforgiveness. And of course, we had to work through each of those items. Oh, wow. And then you can ask, does the person have healthy coping skills? Do they just not know another way to deal with their frustration? And so many of the people, again, that we see in therapy, they haven't seen any other role models. They don't know 
how else to deal with their frustration. They've just seen someone in their family. Like I was thinking about that four-year-old boy. This is what he sees his father do. Hmm. What's he going to do when he feels frustrated about an order that was incorrect? He sees his dad pulling out a firearm. I mean, that's a pretty over-the-top response, but that's modeling for a child. Mm. So there are things that you need to do to resolve with people, but you also have to get at that bottom line of what's going on in me that I'm so angry. Let's say you, you are having a positive conversation with someone. They're open to the conversation about their anger. What happens when they figure out the source of their anger? Then what? Hopefully they apologize. And then they think of some type of solutions or some changes that they need to make so that this doesn't happen over and over again. I mean, they really have to change the habit. And anger becomes a practiced habit in the brain. And maybe things like learning how to count to 10 to calm down or looking at the thoughts that they're having that are prompting anger and maybe realizing that they need to put truer thoughts into their mind instead of the thoughts that are making them so upset. You know, if you think angry thoughts... You're going to feel angry, and then you're going to behave in an angry way. And that's a pattern that people get into. And then the other part of that, that is really the focus of that little pocket-sized book, is forgiveness. Looking through all the things in your life that you've been hurt by, upset by, and then deciding you're going to forgive people for the wrong that they've done. That is so important in working through your anger. You have to recognize your triggers, prepare yourself to have different ways to calm yourself, but then you have to also forgive people and let the past go. And I know we've sung that Frozen song way too many times, but this let is it one go. of the times <laughs> when you have to let it go, let right. it go, right? Well, Dr. Linda, does grace have a role here? Actually, if the angry person is a believer, uh, they need a better understanding of the concept of grace and the application of grace. Again, nobody does the right thing all the time, and Scripture is really clear that we all fall short. And we must work at giving grace to those around us. Grace is unmerited favor, meaning it's not deserved, but it's given anyway. So extending grace to others is part of our Christian walk. Anger does relate to our spiritual life. We can be angry, but not sin. Well, Dr. Linda, as we wrap up the conversation, the Bible has lots of guidelines regarding dealing with anger. uh, And you go over that in the book. All of the guidelines apply to not only the angry person, but the person living with anger. Which means we choose to forgive the person and refuse to hang on to the offense towards us. As I release that person with forgiveness, I ask God to heal the hurt that I feel. For help doing this, it really helps to meditate on 1 Peter 2, 23. Jesus left his case in the hands of God. You know, Chris, that's a good place to leave that Mm, offense, in the hands of God. And you may feel... Hey, but this is unfair to me. Uh, Why do I have to live with an angry person? Well, remember, the way you react to unfair treatment is the part that you control, and it reveals a lot about you. Christ left us his example. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. You know, Chris, we serve a God, a just God, even when we don't always understand how he works. Our response to unfair treatment matters. What is yours? Will you work on this? It may require ongoing forgiveness so you don't hold on to the offense or the anger. Don't allow the anger person to change you. Stay true to the principles of your faith. Confront the problem with grace and compassion. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation, and Dylan Valencia, our technical producer. 
From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.